Welcome to the Clemson Tiger Wire. We are so glad that you are joining us today. Thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the podcast. If you're a turning listener, thanks so much for continuing being faithful to the Tiger Wire. If you're a new podcast listener or new to the podcast, hey, thanks so much for swinging by and checking us out. We are here to bring you inside information and recaps of all the games and some fun, cool stuff about Clemson Athletics. Uh, We are a place where it is all sports, all passion, all of the time about Clemson University and the athletics over there. We are a podcast that is partnering with Believe Network. Believe is an awesome platform that has every team, every topic, everywhere. So if you're looking for a new podcast to check out, uh, make sure you stick with us here at the Clemson Tiger Wire. But also check out Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. They got some great stuff over on their website about pretty much everything. So make sure you check them out. They got a bunch of great podcasts over there. And so usually we are a podcast all about Clemson basketball. And on this episode, we're going to continue doing that. We're going to recap Clemson latest basketball game against Pittsburgh, but we're also going to dive into a little bit of bonus content. But before we do that, just a reminder, make sure you follow us over on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. We are at the Tiger Wire. Uh, We do some awesome places over there. We'd love to join in conversation with you. Uh, Love for you to join our community, the Tiger Wire community, and give us a follow over there. We like to talk talk with some fans about different beliefs, different uh, kind of takes on Clemson Athletics, and so we'd love for you to join us over there. If you have questions or comments or anything about the show, shoot us a DM or just mention us in a tweet over there, and we'd love to talk about it with you on there, but also bring it to the wire and talk about it over the podcast. But either way, we're going to jump right in. Before we get to Clemson basketball, we want to talk about something that was a big thing today for all of Clemson, for all of college football, right? So today, if you weren't aware, it was the college football playoff uh, final poll, the release of what those look like and let me tell you there was some surprise ACC fans all around are not happy Um, I cannot believe cannot believe the CFP uh, poll the top four ended the way that it did how in the world is FSU left off of that poll how in the world is an undefeated power five conference champion left off of the one through four playoff poll I like how is that rankings make sense I remember I was at church today, and I was sitting there, and I was talking to some people about it, and we were all predicting what we thought it'd be, and most of us thought that FSU would fall to four. We were like, they were missing their quarterback, knowing the little bit of bias that presents against the ACC in the college football playoffs rankings. We expected FSU to fall to four. We also expected Georgia to lay at three because I'm, they've won 29 straight and lost a really close game against Alabama. Well, let's be honest. There were some terrible calls that caused Georgia to lose that game. But anyway, our prediction was Michigan and then Washington and then Georgia and then FSU. And we thought that was a pretty safe bet, right? If Georgia didn't make it, if they were out, throw Texas in there and we're cost happy. We're good, right? There was no way we thought Alabama was sliding in. And then we get the alert that for some reason – not only did Georgia not make the playoffs, but neither did FSU. An undefeated ACC champion didn't make the college football playoffs? What in the world? How does that make any kind of sense? As a college football fan, you should be upset. As an ACC fan, you should be even more upset. 
what how does that make sense that a power five champion doesn't make it as an undefeated champion they they won and they won big games it wasn't like they played scrubbed all season. They won some pretty big games. They, I mean, they looked good. Yes, they're starting quarterbacks out, but you're going to penalize a team based on an injury? They can't control that. And they even lost the injury, and they still won their last game. I mean, you, I don't understand how they're not in the rankings. I don't understand how they're not in the playoffs, how they fall that far, how they fall out of the top four. When that came out, I was shocked. I also don't understand how Alabama made it. I mean, over, F, over FSU, they lost to Texas. Who lost to Oklahoma? I mean, Texas is in it. I get that. They had a great championship game. I mean, rolled over their opponent. They looked great. But how in the world did Alabama make it over Georgia and FSU? Georgia beat Alabama in the season. Why? I, I don't understand. I think you put a Georgia against Alabama one more time. Georgia wins that game comfortably. You know, I, I don't understand it. I think FSU, if you're going to argue, oh, well, they'd lose to anybody, oh, because they're starting quarterbacks out, so you're not going to give them a chance. You're going to punish them for going undefeated and a conference champion and not give them the spot that they deserve, that they wanted. You're not going to do all of that because of the injury, like because of their starting quarterback injury. I just, I, I don't think that's right. It bothers me. It bothers me very much so. Um, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not an FSU fan. I really don't like them. There's very few schools that I dislike more than FSU. Obviously, uh, UOSC Junior, can't stand them. Number one at the top of my list of teams I can't stand. Can't stand Alabama, which we won't talk about because that might be leading my bias, but I I don't think so. Um, Ohio State, definitely not a fan of that. Don't tell my mother-in-law, but not a fan of them. Um, And then FSU's up there. FSU, NC State, they're up there for teams that I'm like, what what, what are we doing? What are we doing? I don't understand. But I don't – with that being said, that's still my opinions on the team. I don't like them. But I still think they should be in for the ACC. Show some love to the Atlantic Coast Conference or the All-Coast Conference soon to be. I, I don't understand how they don't make it. It really bothers me that the blatant bias that is there against the ACC, you're going to put two teams in there that have lost the game over them. I, I just don't understand Power 5 Conference Championship getting left out, so that really bothered me. But with all that being said, we'll move on. We'll stick with football. Clemson did make a bowl game. Woo-woo! After a down year, quote-unquote down year, uh, still going to make it to a bowl game, playing December 29th against the University of Kentucky Sadly, this is not against Oregon State. If you've been looking at the bowl predictions, there was a lot of people out there that thought Clemson was going to get to play DJU, and I was honestly rooting for that. I was excited. I was really hoping that uh, DJU would get to face off against Clemson and Dabo. I thought that'd be a lot of fun, a cool storyline. But unfortunately, that's not the case. We are going to play the University of Kentucky on December 29th at noon. We haven't. We don't really have a long track record against Kentucky, right? I mean, there hasn't been a lot. Clemson and Kentucky have only played 13 times, and Kentucky's won eight of those. The last meeting was in 2009. Uh, Clemson won in the Music City Bowl against Kentucky. It was a big game. C.J. Spiller went off. C.J. Spiller went off and won MVP that game. Uh, honestly, I think this game's going to be a good game. Kentucky has a good team. Uh, they lost five games this season, which hurts, but they still have a good team. They lost to really good teams. I mean, they lost to four of the teams that th- made the final top 25 ranking, uh, one of which was the t- final four, one of which should have been the final four. But they lost to Georgia. They lost to Missouri. Lost to Tennessee. Lost to Alabama. They lost to South Carolina, but we'll look past that. But hopefully uh, this game, I really think it'll be a good game. Kentucky 
Kentucky's got a good team. They beat Louisville, upset them in rivalry week in the last week of the season. Uh, I think it'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, hopefully Clemson offense can come out and actually help our defense out in this game. I don't think that's going to be a game where we can win without scoring an offensive uh, touchdown or offensive points. I don't see that happening. Got to come out there and score some touchdowns. Cade's got to come out and play good. Uh, our line's got to come out and play good. Our offense has to help out our defense. But we'll talk more about that game as it gets closer to it. They get in, they play on 29th at noon o'clock. Noon o'clock. They play on the 29th at 12. That night our basketball team actually plays at 7 as well. So it's going to be a good game. They host Radford that night. But with all that being said, that is our touch and our uh, t- take on football, on the release of the college football playoff rankings And if you couldn't tell, we're a little upset. (laughs) We're a little upset about that, but it's okay. We'll move on and we'll get back to our usual Clemson basketball. So basketball. Today we took a break from our non-conference schedule to play an ACC opponent. We played Pittsburgh at Pitt. Overall, it was a really good game. Clemson was dominant most of it. Uh, there was a little bit of nervousness late. Uh, Pitt got the game back to two with a little bit of minutes late, but Clemson made it out, ended up winning the game comfortably 79-70. to Honestly, after the Pittsburgh brought the game back to two, Clemson kind of handled them. I mean, in almost the last five minutes, Clemson didn't give up a field goal. They gave up a couple different uh, free throws, but they didn't give up a made basket in the past, almost in the whole final five minutes. That's huge, right? I mean, let's just break down the game a little bit. Let's dive into the stats. Overall, on stats, on paper, the teams looked pretty even. Um, From the field, uh, Clemson shot 46.7. Pittsburgh shot 43.1. Three-point percentage was very even as well. 36.7 for Clemson, 34.8 from Pittsburgh. Free throws, this was a big one. They both made the same amount of free throws. They both made 12, but the shots taken were drastically different. Clemson shot 15 shots. Pittsburgh shot 22. So Clemson ended up shooting 80% from the line, a vast uh, improvement of the past couple games. But Pittsburgh only shot 54% from the free throw line. 54%. That's rough. Uh, going on to rebounds, rebounds, Clemson won this, and it was big. I was surprised that Clemson won this as much as they did. Pittsburgh going into this game is a they're they're known to be a bigger team. Like this year, they've known to be a great rebounding team, and you could tell Brad was putting some emphasis on that to make sure that Clemson could stick with them. And so the rebound battle, Clemson won it forty to thirty three. A lot of offensive rebounds in this game. There was a total of twenty one offensive rebounds combined. Clemson had eleven, Pittsburgh had ten. Uh, so Honestly, I'm really happy with how Clemson played uh, in the paint, getting those rebounds, that kind of stuff. When it goes to assist, it was Clemson at 15, Pittsburgh at 13. That's a little bit less than Clemson's known for. A couple games this season, we've hit 20 assists, but it's all right. Going down to steals, Clemson had five, Pitt six. Uh, Pitt had a lot of blocks, had four. Clemson only had one. Comes down to turnovers. Uh Clemson, they was both had turned the ball a lot. Uh, Clemson turned the ball a lot in the f- really quick at the beginning of both halves. They had a couple turnovers at the beginning of both halves, but uh, Clemson had nine. Pittsburgh had seven. Um, fouls were pretty even, nineteen to sixteen. Largest lead though, with all those stats being that kind of uh, that similar, with all those stats being pretty across the board even for both teams outside of rebounds and free throw percentage. Uh, the f- largest feeds was very different. Clemson was up by fifteen at one point. Pittsburgh led very early by three. Um, I think they were up by three in the first 90 seconds of the game, and that was it. But uh, other than that, Clemson led the game from pretty much the whole time. uh, Led by 15 at one point. Ended up winning the game by nine comfortably. But overall, it was a great game. 
It was a great game. We were excited to see it. It was one, I'll be honest, I had to, this was the first game I wasn't able to watch live. We had some stuff going on at my work after church where I, uh, I had to take a little bit. So I had it recorded, turned off my notification, uh, started watching the game, got to skip through commercials, so that's always good. But it was a fun game to watch, a really fun game to go through. Got some player performances to shout out. Um, honestly, some ones that were really exciting. One of those games that like some of these player performances, you're like, hey, I'm happy with that. First off, we got our superstar. We got our uh, top player. We got our ACC player of the year, hopeful. We got P.J. Hall, who was a stud, came out on fire tonight. I wrote down on my game notes when I was watching the game taking notes. I was like, you know, at the end of the first half, P.J. Hall didn't have a lot of stats. It felt like it was quiet. It felt like Joe kind of took it over. But then I looked, he still had nine points and like five boards. So he, it's crazy how a quiet game for him is an outstanding first half. You know what I mean? But uh, second half, he really shined. He took the game over. Uh, he ended up scoring 22 points, um, went shot nine for 14, three from six from the three, uh, had 10 re- or 11 rebounds to go with those, three assists, three steals, one block. He did have three turnovers, but it's all right. Um, I was happy his fouls. He did not get as much fouls uh, as I thought, but it was a good game. Really happy with that. Great, So ecstatic about his performance. And what's crazy is I love that he switched it up. Um, against Alabama. So here's the real part, and I mean, it's kind of about P.J. Hall, but it's about the team as well. I love that Clemson knows when we need to kind of not switch our style, but switch how we're executing our style. So last game, Alabama is known for being quick offense, quick on the three, trying to get that high, high possession, high, uh, quick on the shot clock, two passes, get a shot up. That's who they're known for. They try to get you in a racing match, and then they blow you out that way. So what does Brad and the P.J. Hall and the team do? They slow it down. They start putting P.J. Hall in the paint. They start feeding him down low. They start taking advantage. They play big man ball. And it's really exciting to see that. Now we come to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh had a very different team than Alabama. Pittsburgh's team, they got some great big men. They do have some guards to go with it, but they got some great big men, and they're known for playing in the paint, playing physical, getting some rebounds. That's their style. So what does Clemson do? Oh, we drag them out. We pull them out a little bit more. We run a little bit more uh, rotations on the court where we got three guards on the court. Um, you play Chauncey Wiggins a lot of the game, who is a quick 6'11". I mean, he's 6'11", yes, but he plays like a small forward. He's he's great. But, uh, yeah, I, I love to see that because it truly – they didn't switch who they were. They kept their identity. I mean, P.J. Hall still had a lot of points in the paint, but they kept their identity. But at the same time, they stayed true to who they were. They switched it up. They saw who their opponent was, and they attacked their opponent how they needed to. So I love that. Love seeing that. Love seeing PJ absolutely take over today. But, gosh, player of the game, our Clemson Tiger to Wire athlete, was by far Joe Girard. Joe came out hot. But what I loved about it is, honestly, Joe didn't take a shot until well into the first half. Like, I mean, he was very patient. He didn't force anything. He let the game come to him. And I think if you look at Joe Girard, a big difference between who he is at Clemson and who he was at Syracuse, at Syracuse, he had to be the guy. He had to be the one guy where every game he was getting the most shots. Ball, If it came down to it, one shot on the line, he was getting a shot. At Clemson, he doesn't necessarily have to be that. He, he is. He was that today. I mean, he got 25 points today. But he knows that there's also P.J. Hall that can score. There's uh, Chase Hunter that can score on most days. There's Ian Shefflin who's good in the paint. There's Chauncey Wiggins. There's Alex Hemingway. There's so many weapons that can score. So it allows him to be a little bit more patient, a little bit more shot selective, and allow the game to naturally come to him without forcing it. And that's what you saw today. 
He didn't shoot for a long time, not because he didn't have the ball. He had the ball. He just was being super smart with it. So he didn't shoot for a long time. He still ended up seven for 10 from the field, including six and nine from threes. Perfect from the line, five for five for 25 points, matching that with two assists and a steal. Man, he was great today. Only had one turnover. Joe Girard was on fire. There were so many times where Pittsburgh would hit a three and their crowd would get into it, and then we'd come down the court, and one time Joe hit a nasty step back three from the wing and quieted their crowd just as quickly as they got into it. I mean, Joe was a superstar tonight, played excellently. Love to see that. Love to see him coming alive. His defense is still an iffy point. He played decent, uh, had a good moments, but when it got down to it on the line, Brad was running defense lineup, offense lineup, where every time there was a switch ball change, he'd put uh, Joe Girard in for offense, and then he'd take him out for defense. Uh, but it's all right. Joe played absolutely amazing today. I really love what he brings to Clemson. I love his experience. I love, and the announcer said this, and I think it's so true, very rarely do you see a transfer, especially a graduate transfer, come into a team and fill a spot like it was made for them, like the coach recruited them as a freshman. But, man, Joe Girard has came in and absolutely just took a spot and filled a hole that we didn't know he had. He has been so amazing. I'm so glad that he chose Clemson out of all the different options that he had. Uh, but he has fit so well, and I can't wait to see this season continue to grow with P.J. Hall and Joe Girard leading this team. Um, some other player highlights that we want to shout out. Man, Ian Shefflin, what a guy. 17 rebounds today. Not just 17 rebounds, seven of those were offensive rebounds. Ian Shefflin had seven offensive rebounds. Seven. That's crazy. He was he was a monster on the board. He also paired it with a eight points going three for seven, perfect from line two for two. Uh, but gosh, seventeen boards. I'm loving to see it. He's aggressive. He's smart. He's he's playing so well, and it's so awesome seeing him have the success. Because honestly, freshman sophomore year, you didn't really know about him, right? He was a you could tell he was a newer to basketball. Played center a lot in high school. Thought he was going to go college for a center, but he actually switched it up and played some basketball. But Man, I'm telling you, he was he's good. He, it was really good seeing him get that many rebounds. Last game he had 14 or 15, so it's good seeing that. I, I, I think the rebounding, him getting double digits, is going to be something that is very common as it goes throughout the season. The last or One of the last player, uh, player performances we're going to talk about is, man, Chase Hunter did not have a hot night. Um, hate to see it. He's been great for us so far. Uh, has a lot of points for us. Has scored some big moments. He didn't really have a hot night. He went one for nine. I think his first points came with like five minutes left in the game. It was tough to see. He went perfect from the line, two for two. Uh, only He had five rebounds, um, two turnovers, so he didn't really have the greatest night. Uh, but like we said, um, we said last episode, it's so cool having a team with multiple guys. So when one team, one guy is falling short, you got two other stars that are putting 20 points up on the board with PJ 22, Joe 25. So that's cool to see. Chase had a bad night uh, or off night. I don't think it's something to hold your head down. I don't think it's something to get discouraged. Everybody has an off night, and I think tonight was his. Honestly, I'm glad he's getting it out now rather than February. But there's one going topic that we've mentioned a lot, and it's the argument between Chauncey Wiggins and Jack Clark right? It's that topic of, it sounds like uh, where you're not sure who's going to be the starting small forward, where Chauncey got the starting earlier in the season and Jack got some starting lineups. Uh, that going back and forth between those two has been, it's been a lot, right? It, it's been, it's been a lot of competition or a lot of conversation over who's really the one that's going to stand out there. And so it's going back and forth, back and forth. And tonight I thought we had an answer and then learned to Jack Clark sat out. So Jack Clark actually did not play tonight. 
Um, he has an injury. Apparently, this injury's been uh, affecting him since the offseason, and Brad was hoping that he could play through it, but I think they've decided they're just going to put him on the bench so he can get fully healthy. So maybe all of our criticism that we've came from the Tiger Wire has been due to that injury. Uh, I hope so. I hope he comes back and plays like that transfer uh, that was playing for NC State last year that we knew that he was so well. Hopefully he comes back that level um, and not what he has been playing so far. Uh, but with all that being said, with Jack Clark out tonight, Chauncey Wiggins got a lot of time on the court. I mean, he was our second, third highest uh, player on the court with minute-wise. P.J. Hall and Joe Girard had 34, and then Chauncey Wiggins had 31. So he got to see a lot of the court, and we got to see a lot of him. What's cool, though, is we got to see aggressiveness. And honestly, I, I, I felt encouraged with what I saw tonight. He only went two for eight, so not the greatest stat line, right? Shot 25%. It's not the best, but... You look at the game and you see the progression. Like, I can see where the improvements need to happen. He started out that the game two for two from the three-point line. I mean, early on hit two threes. I think within the first three minutes of the game, he splashed them wet. One was wide open. One was in somebody's face. It was nice. So I'm like, okay, is this Chauncey? Is he, is he coming out to play? Is this who he is? And then... He kept shooting. He got excited. He thought he had the hot hand, so he shot, and he shot, and he shot, and he shot, and he did not make another uh, two-pointer on the line. Did not make another three-pointer, I mean. Uh, so he ended up two for eight from the three. So I, at first, you're like, all right, that's who he is, but then you see, all right, maybe the three, maybe he needs to leave that alone a little bit. Uh, but honestly, here's here's the improvements you see. He is six foot eleven. Let that sink in. Six foot eleven. He's almost a seven footer. He's Kevin Durant size. When he's sitting there getting on the three and he gets past the ball on the wing or in the corner like he did so much tonight, and people start closing in, he shoots it almost every time he shoots it. Tonight we saw him drive around that close in uh, defender one time and ended up with him getting fouled and making both free throws. That's the improvement. If Chauncey Wiggins can get to the level where he doesn't feel like he needs to shoot it every time, he can use his speed, use his size, and allow the closing defender to just run right by him and then get hit on, con- on contact while he's driving into the lane, man, that's dangerous. You put that, you put a Chauncey Wiggins that can drive and shoot every once in a while with Joe Girard, Chase Hunter, P.J. Hall, man, they're in a team beating us. That's, that's the team. ACC favorites if he can click. So, uh, not, not maybe that's a little stretch. Maybe that's a fan getting excited. But just stick with me. I, I mean, if he can do that, if he can kind of connect his game on those levels, I think we'll see drastic growth. I really, I, I was excited. I hate that for Jack Clark. I hope he gets healthy. I wish them both success. But I was honestly kind of glad we got to see a full game of just Chauncey Wiggins. I might be glad if we could see a full game of uh, Jack Clark when he gets healthy and let him see how he handles 30 minutes on the court. Um, but overall, Chauncey Wiggins played great today. Overall, went four from 11 from the field, uh, three rebounds, one assist, only one turnover, ended with 12 points. He had a good game. He had a solid game. Again, I just wish he'd put the three down a little bit more. I wish he'd uh, allow that three to naturally come. The first two shots naturally came to him, and then I think he thought he had the hot hand, and then he kept missing and kept missing, so he kept shooting, trying to get out of the rut. But overall, he had a good game. Uh, If he could just learn to put the ball in the basket a little bit more, get a little bit better on defense, use his size, I don't think he he doesn't play like he's 6'11". And I know that's weird to say. Sometimes that's a good thing. Some situations for him it's a good thing. But overall, I wish he'd use his size. If he could learn how to use his size effectively, keep that three-point shot, keep that speed, keep that wing play, but then add it with a drive, add it getting contact, add it using his size, man, that's dangerous. That's what I hope. 
but overall, those are our thoughts from uh, this game. We thought it was a great game. It was a fun game to watch. It was exciting. It was a good Sunday afternoon after church, after lunch game. It was it was a perfect way for a Sunday afternoon, especially one that was windy and a little bit rainy here. But it was a good one. Uh, love to see it. Honestly, this game just continues to build excitement. I love seeing the continuation of this theme that we've already talked about, that we have multiple stars that can take over when one is not on it, right? I love seeing how we have multiple people when one star isn't fitting it up. When one of our main players is having an off night, we have one or two that can pick up their slack. Tonight, Chase Hunter was falling short, and it's okay if he has an off game. And what do we see? We see P.G. Hall continue to thrive, and Joe Girard thrive and even more pick up some of that slack. That's really cool to see. I love being able to see that because that's what a winning team needs. A winning team doesn't need one player, honestly doesn't need two players. It needs three or four players that can go off, that can carry the team in case the other players aren't getting what they needed. So that's super exciting. I can't wait to see that continue to grow. I also love seeing the three-point three percentage up. Man, we're, we're having success from the three. Right now we have four different guys shooting over 40% from the three-point line. Joe Girard, P.J. Hall, Chase Hunter, and Alex Hemingway. Hemingway honestly hasn't played that much this season because of some injuries. So if he gets healthy, he starts coming back with a little bit more health. May add that layer to the game. Oh, I, I, man, I'm telling you, this team just continues. And everywhere you look, it continues to get exciting and exciting and exciting. And so I can't wait to see the season continue to progress, continue to see this team grow together, build that chemistry, and see what kind of success follows them. And so we've got a big game coming up this Wednesday at home against the University of South Carolina. Uh, they are also undefeated. Uh, they've had a little less challenging schedule uh, for them rather than Cle compared to what Clemson has, but they honestly haven't looked bad. I'm really excited about seeing Little John Coliseum rocking for the first time this season. Uh, then some of the exhibition games and early on seasons, you got to see the fans involved a little bit. Um, gosh, that game against Boise State the day after Thanksgiving, it was dead inside. I mean, they planned that game perfectly. Students weren't there. There was, uh, yeah, that 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 crowd, that audience was not into it. If you were in the game, I'm sorry, I'm not calling you out, but yeah, it was it was not it. So I'm really hoping this Wednesday we can see Little John rocking, going back to that electric environment that it is known to be. Uh, seeing that environment come back against our rivals, that'll be great to see. Uh, we're excited about that game on Wednesday. Sa Saturday we are home against TCU, but we're home, but it's actually at a neutral site. We're going to play TCU in Toronto, so we're excited to see that. Man, overall, this team is good. This team is special. We've seen success. We're the only undefeated, knock on wood, but uh, we're the only undefeated team left in the ACC. And honestly, when you look at the ACC, I mean, yes, I'm not saying anything negative. I'm not trying to say anything like that at all. There's honestly not a lot. There's not too much of uh, – like people at the top that I am afraid that we couldn't win against. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to say anything negative. Obviously, there are teams that are dangerously good. Duke is sitting at five and three right now. Don't let that fool you. Duke is a great basketball team. They just can't get it to click right now. They've also played tough opponents. They played Arizona, who's a top team, played uh, Arkansas, who hit or miss. They're either really good or not so great, but they were good. Georgia Tech came out and beat them. That was a weird game, uh, but Duke's good. I think Carolina's going to be good. I think Miami's going to be good. There are some good teams in this conference, but sitting at them, man, Clemson looks good. I don't think we play anybody in the ACC where we're like, oh, we don't have a chance. I think putting up against anybody, we have a chance. I mean, our toughest opponent, I would say, is probably Duke is the favorite in the ACC right now. Um, right now, they could come out and continue losing, so there's that. But I think they're the top of the ACC right now. Um, 
And I think even them, you got Filipowski for them. PJ Hall can stick with him. Uh, you got their other seven foot guy, Mitchell, I think. Uh, Mark Mitchell. I, Ian Shefflin could stick with him. Pull Jack Clark, if he's healthy, down can stick with him. Chauncey Wiggins can stick with him. And then we got a guard play that could stick uh, with their all amazing guards Duke has as well. Jeremy Roach, all them guys. But honestly, I think it'd be great. I think Duke's good, but not looking at the ACC. I'm looking at the standings right now and looking at the different teams. There's nobody on it that I'm like, no, nah, we don't have a chance. We have a chance against every single one of them. I'm I'm not saying we're going undefeated, nothing like that, not at all. We're going to drop some games. It's natural. It's college basketball. But honestly, I'm really excited about our chances. I'm really excited about Clemson's chances in this season. There's no way that we're not ranked come tomorrow. Uh, come Monday, we got to be in the top 25. But overall, if you couldn't tell, this is a fan that has a lot of excitement about this season and about this Clemson basketball team. But with all that being said, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening for to this fan kind of talk about our some of our biases, but honestly just our thoughts and feelings on Clemson basketball and so much more. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you leave a review, a five-star review wherever you're listening to goes a long way. And honestly, if you could write a written review for us, that would be so amazing. Be so much help just getting that out there. We would really appreciate it. Also, if you know any Clemson fans, go ahead and share this podcast with them. Let's grow our community. Let's grow this fan base for the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. We'll be back later on this week with an episode recapping the game against UOSC Junior. Until that, keep that Tiger pride alive and roared. Uh, Thanks for joining, and as always, go Tigers.